Evening. Thank you for coming. Continuing in our discussion of the Hilchop Yerkadamah Zone. We'd mentioned uh, a couple nights ago, the Shechan Ruch says that that if a person says in place of the first bracha of Yerkadamah Zone, Brich Rachmana, blessed is the merciful one, Malka, who is the king, Mari Dahaipita, who is the master of this food. So if a person were to say that in place of the first bracha, Yatza, they fulfilled their obligation. And others say, Some suggest that they have to conclude by saying, uh, Blessed is the merciful one who gives food to all people. He sustains everyone with food. Okay, interesting, sort of. The Mishaburah says, Yatza, so what does it mean, Yatza, that he's fulfilled his obligation? So we say, Yatza yidei bracha rishona, shi'ibrikat hazan. So he would have fulfilled his obligation in the first bracha. He hasn't fulfilled his obligation in the second bracha, the third bracha, which are also midzah or reitzah, they're biblical in nature. He hasn't fulfilled his obligation in the fourth bracha. But at least the first bracha, he has fulfilled his uh, obligation. And even though he said a very abbreviated form of the bracha, and he also said it in Aramaic as opposed to in Lashon HaKodesh in the Hebrew, Nevertheless, he's fulfilled his obligation, not in a best case scenario, but in a worst case scenario. Because, because he mentioned the name of, of uh, Hashem, right? Uh, because in Aramaic we refer to Hashem as Rachmana as the merciful one. And he mentions Malchut. He mentions the fact that he is uh, the king. In Yana Bracha, he also mentions the topic of the Bracha, which is that Hashem is Zanat HaKol, that he provides sustenance for all people with food. So because he mentions all these different factors, so he has fulfilled his obligation. Again, it's not ideal. It's not how you're supposed to do it, but you would have fulfilled your obligation. Um, sorry, continuing. Uh, uh, and it sounds like according to the first pin of the Shulchan Aruch, even if you didn't say the concluding part, right? We said, if you just mentioned, blessed is Hashem who is the master of all of the, uh, uh, all of the bread, of all the food, so you fulfilled your obligation. The second opinion says, no, but you also have to conclude by saying that blessed is Hashem who gives sustenance to all. The first opinion doesn't seem to require that, uh, that conclusion. And uh, why should that be? Even though typically in a place where uh, a concluding bracha is necessary, then uh, it would be bidyeved. Uh, even worst case scenario, if you didn't use that conclusion, you would have to go back, right? That's typically the rule. And here, according to the first opinion, we're saying you don't have to do that uh, conclusion. For whatever reason, this bracha would be different according to that first opinion. According to the second opinion, uh, it is... Uh, it, According to the second opinion, this bracha would be no different than any others. That if it's a place where we tell you you have to have a concluding bracha, which we do, so then even uh, you have not fulfilled your obligation. He says, You can look at the Bach who seems to side with the uh, second opinion that the conclusion would be necessary. Now, why do we care about any of this stuff? Right? None of us, I don't think, are going to be saying this line in the Aramaic with the conclusion, without the conclusion. Why is this relevant? So here the Mishaburah says something interesting. He says, We said, all this is bidyeved. It's worst case scenario. It's not best case scenario because you're not supposed to deviate from the text as we've been talking about the entire week. He says, he quotes the Rambam who says that, fine, very good. He says, 
says, maybe it's going to come into play in a situation where you're educating young children. So young children, for them to say the entire thing, it's very difficult, it's very long, and this is much shorter. On top of it, right, we're talking about a time where many of the kids probably didn't, well, not probably, but maybe they didn't speak Lashon HaKodesh, but they did speak Aramaic. So this would be more meaningful to them. It's a shorter bracha that they can handle and they can understand. So maybe that's good chinuch, that's good education to teach them that after we eat, we say bracha, we thank Hashem for the food. That's what he says. Maybe that's what you're doing. So slowly but surely you're building up their understanding and their knowledge of the mitzvah berkat mazon. Eventually you'll train them in all of the brachot and then you'll be good to go. So what seems like something to be completely irrelevant, right? These brachot, why would I say this bracha as opposed to that one in Aramaic with the conclusion, not the conclusion, just stick to what's in the bedshirt. So this maybe would be relevant in a situation of chinuch. However, if you look at the Shara Tzion, the Mishabur is like, but why on earth would you do that? Right? Typically, when we want to educate our children in mitzvot, we want to educate them in the way that they're going to be performing the mitzvot later on. So I understand maybe you're not going to have the kid do the entire bracha, but why would you give him a bracha that he's never going to say? That doesn't make much sense. Right? You could teach him the idea, oh, after we eat, we thank Hashem. And what are we thanking him for? We thank him for this food and how he provides sustenance for us and he provides to all people. And teach him the first line of the actual bracha that he's going to say. Why would you teach him this random one? So the Mishabur is like, yeah, maybe it was for the purpose of chinuch, but it doesn't seem like it's such great chinuch altogether because we want to train the kids in whatever it is that they're supposed to say. And he says on top of that, specifically when it comes to the first three brachot, which we mentioned already multiple times, are midel raita, they're biblical in nature. So of course you want to make sure that the kid got it right. right? You think you're going to train them when they're really young and then eventually that's the only thing that they know and it's the only thing that they say and you figure the school is going to take care of it. The school assumes the parents can take care of it and then the kid doesn't know how to bench. So he says, if that's, uh, your, your goal is to be properly mechanach your child, maybe think about doing it in a better way. Okay, very nice.